have arrived at another week of intrigue, of mayhem, despair, victory in places where we thought we wouldn't find victory, defeat, and confusion. But before all of that, uh, there, there definitely is something that I want to talk about. And, and I said again earlier at, you know, the first episode that came out, I wasn't going to do anything politics. And this isn't politics, in my opinion. I think this is just basic moral truth. And there's no way to, easy way to transition or to just lead into what I want to say because I don't think anyone should have to talk about this. I don't think stuff like this should ever exist, but it does, and it's relevant, and I like to talk about things that are relevant, and especially something that happened really close to home. And I think most of you already know what I'm talking about. I think most of you already have heard almost everything that you need to hear about this, or everything you want to hear. And, and I'm the same way, and I don't want this to be white noise, and I'm going to definitely take on a serious tone about this because it's very serious. I like, this is something that I do to have fun, but when something serious like this happens and I have a, a platform, albeit small, but it's still a platform where I can talk about stuff like this and give my opinion, I I owe it to myself to say, look, I, I, I said what I thought and hopefully some people agree and hopefully they can they can take something away and the goal you know the goal isn't to be white noise i don't want it to be white noise because i've had to hear i've had to hear about what happened in oxford you know since since it happened and you know it's about oxford's about 45 miles from from where i live from where i grew up and i it's i i don't really want to hear any any more about it because because it's terrible and it's like you know stuff like this should never happen it, it's like i mean like i said earlier there's no there's really no easy way to talk about it it just shouldn't happen there's so many things that went wrong there's so many bad decisions that were made there's so much evil and, and hate everywhere and and obviously obviously with with the kid with the shooter but I mean, with every, with everyone else too, and, and, and what happened after, and, and people calling for, for the shooter to have all these bad things happen to him. And I mean, it's all, it's all terrible. And so I, I don't want to talk about this very long, but I do, there are a couple things that I want to say. Just, I mean, just because it happened so close to home. And, and I would have, I would have mentioned it last week, but at the time of, recording last week i mean there was very little news and it would have just kind of been me rambling and you know i i do that when the time is right but for something like this obviously i'm not gonna go out just spewing random stuff like other people have done and and it's definitely important when something like this happens to take take a look and take a step back and say look what are the facts what happened here? Why did this person wake up and decide today's the day that I'm going to do this? Today's the day that I'm going to flip the entire country upside down. And I and really, it was it, this was national news. Anytime, 
anything like this happens, it's national news. And it it should be national news. Because awareness needs to be brought to the situation. And it's just, it's really unfortunate to, to see something like this happen at, at a school where you wouldn't expect something like this to happen. I mean, Oxford's nobody, nobody need, nobody around Detroit needs to tell anybody about how well off the North Side really is. I mean, Oxford and Oakland County, I mean, Oakland County is, it's, well, it was the birthplace of COVID in Michigan, first off. But also, outside of that, it was, I mean, there's no, you don't exactly wake up every day hearing that there was a shooting and then thinking the first place, like, oh, I, I guarantee you that the shooting was in Oakland County at Oxford High. It's like, it's kind of one of the last places you would expect something like this to happen. And it doesn't make it, doesn't make it any more important than any other school shooting that had taken place in a less financially stable area zip code it doesn't matter the fact the fact that it happened is terrible it's just when the the thing that gets me is is when you hear news about this at a high school like that at a place where you don't expect things like this to happen it's like it really brings into perspective how this could happen anywhere anytime any place and it's terrifying and it I mean, part of it being on a on a college campus where there are even more, I mean, students really than 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 at a high school at most high schools. I mean, the school that I go to is relatively small, ten thousand undergrads, and so I mean, it's comparable to to PISA for those of you that know what that is back in Michigan, Plymouth Canton Educational Park, and it's three high schools combined into one with. With the one big complex with, you know, about 10,000 students. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how many students Oxford High School enrolls. I don't know, but I'd be shocked if it was over 10,000. But like, I, I, I think you get what I'm saying, right? It, it's hard for me to, to walk around and understand why this happened. Because, because for one thing, you know that it can happen anywhere. You know that any time any anyone anyone could be going through anything in life and something just snaps you know their their mental stability isn't what it should be they aren't seeking help they aren't doing what needs to be done to prevent something like this from happening both you know both with the parents and and with the kids i mean even with even with people in the schools that that could see that this kid was obviously in rough shape and then he just he just makes this decision and that's it and and they're they, i mean there were heroes in that building i mean you've heard it you've heard everyone talk about the students that 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 died and you know tate Mir that was rushing the 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 shooter that was trying to you know disarm him and save save lives i mean there isn't there isn't any good way to to go about understanding why this happened and and the the thing that i take away from it is you know i don't think that hating anybody is the right move i hear so many people talking about the hate for the individual that that 
shot of the school and it was like yeah that's terrible i i I, obviously you cannot condone what happened and any whatever bullying and you know emotional harassment physical harassment whatever that kid was going through that made him snap you cannot condone what happened but i'm not gonna sit here and, and call for the kid's head and i mean he needs help and and i mean he's gonna he deserves to rot for what he did but i'm not gonna be the guy that comes on and just talks about how much of an idiot this kid was and how how everyone should hate him and how he should get what's coming to him in prison and how you know he should be every he should be every guy's body pillow in prison if you know if you get what i'm saying with that so like i i don't know it's just it's terrible it's definitely something where you know i like i said earlier hate hate is just not gonna solve any of this and obviously hate the action hate what the kid did and and use it to try and help other people that might be going through this these like emotional stress mental stress whatever it is i mean because it's it's terrifying because any it can happen anywhere and you saw you've seen you've seen shootings happen and in in a place like oxford and it, it just shouldn't happen it shouldn't happen anywhere and it just brings it brings in the perspective it brings in a scope of what what can happen if if things go unchecked and if things go unnoticed so i mean all i can all i can say is is that i wouldn't i i can't condone hate anyone it's stupid because i'm the guy that comes on pretty much every week and talks about how much he hates michigan but like it's just it's so much different like what what i have because i don't want to sound like a hypocrite but the the beef that i have with michigan is it is it hate no it's not it's it's just i don't know i don't know how to explain i guess it's different because dude i it's just a major dislike for things that happen at that university and it's things that i have general disagreements with with fans and it just it just leaves a really sour taste in my mouth and i i guess i just hate the action i hate the way michigan operates hate that they think but I, I just you get what i'm saying i don't want to come on here and tell everyone that hate is bad and then i'm going to come on two seconds later and talk about how i hate michigan it's just it's it's two different realms really is what it is and i just i if there's any time to talk about mental health i mean i really i think it's now and i'm i'm not the guy that you're going to run to on campus with 800 different mental health brochures and the hotline for every you know psych psychologist or you know i'm not the guy that's got the suicide hotline ready or the whatever for anyone that that might need it i'm not the person posting on social media eight times a day about about mental health but i it's just it's something that's obviously very real and i mean i'm it's something that I think everyone's dealt with to a certain degree, and I can't, I can't ignore that. I think that's the thing that that struck me most and struck me first was something happened to this kid where he woke up and he said, "Today is it. 
this is the last straw. I am done. People don't just wake up and make the decision that he did, right? I mean, th this this isn't just a random thing. He wasn't sitting down watching Star Wars The Clone Wars last night and then wakes up the morning that morning and goes, yeah, I think I'm just going to bring a pistol and just, you know, pour lead in everybody. It's not, I mean, I, I refuse to think that there can be an evil like this in this world, just among high school students. I mean, this kid was like, what, 15, 16, I think. I think they said the shooter was 15. Like, I mean, I'm 19. I'm trying to think of what I was doing when I was 15. I mean, I was, God, this is, I mean, I'm 19. This is second year of, so four years back would be, you know, so freshman year, this is embarrassing. I have to count like this. So freshman year of college, senior year of high school, junior high school, sophomore year of high school. So, right, so say I was 15, right? Okay, so I was 15 during my sophomore year because I turned 16 over the summer. And that's what everyone's like, oh, hey, you get to get your driver's license. And I'm like, mm, no, I have like six driving hours in that I need. But anyways, so yeah, okay. So I'm 15 and I'm just a sophomore in high school and I just... I just, I go to high school and I do my business and I go about my day and I'm in, I'm in, I'm struggling with geometry with, with Dean Murray. And it's like, not once, even, you know, I was dealing with stuff in high school. I didn't want to deal with. There was, there was stress. There was people that I didn't like. There was people that didn't like me. There was people that I was like, you know what? I hope when they go to college, they work hard, they go through all this stress, they get their degree, and then they can't find a job, and they live the rest of their life under a bridge. But I can't, I, I can't say that even with all this stuff that, that I dealt with in high school and that other people dealt with in high school, I can't say for certain that other people that I know or other people that other people know haven't thought about the possibility of what of what could happen if, you know, somebody just got pushed too far over the edge. And I think you got to be very careful and you got to be very understanding of, of other people and their situation, because you never know who you're going to push over the edge when, and, and what they're going to do about it. I mean, they're just, they're just some bad people in this earth. And there are some people that are hardwired the wrong way that have dealt with things and their life that make them choose violence whenever things are going wrong and just be very careful with the way with the way you treat others and, and be mindful of of mental health services that are available for for yourself and for and for other people because i mean i don't want to discount what happened and i don't want to say that you know this could happen every day and I don't want to spread fear. I don't want to fear monger. But I mean, it's really think of all the people on this earth. Think of all the people in this country, right? Hundreds of millions. Think of how many of these, how think of how many of them are in high school or in college. And then think of how many have had to deal with bullying and how, how many people have had to deal with advanced mental health problems. Think of how many people have to deal with bipolar disorder. And then think about how many of those people get get bullied because of it and think of uh, how many of those people just get pushed over the edge and quit and give up and then think about what they're going to do about it and it's just you know it's difficult so so be mindful and and just 
I mean, treat others with genuine respect. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to like them. You don't have to be their best friend. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything. But when someone, when you're walking by somebody, you know, smile, wave, look, look at like, don't ignore the fact that they exist because ignorance and isolation are, I mean, those are, those are two of the worst things that can happen to a teenager. Believe me, I know I dealt with it. I dealt with being isolated and I dealt with being ignored. I was locked away for months in, in, in a dorm last semester from january to may i didn't talk to anybody because i couldn't because there was nowhere there was nowhere for me to go covid you know covid shut down everything i couldn't do anything like i could only talk to people through a microphone and thank god they were there because i don't know what would have happened i'm saying i'm not saying i would have went and found a gun you know not that's not what i'm saying but everyone reacts differently and this kid reacted in a way in a violent way and i would have i would have reacted in a in a different way and it would have just led me down this whirlpool of of despair and and i mean just internal suffering and so you know i just it's just important to to be mindful of others and and don't don't walk around assuming you know what's happening in other people's life you know every any any daily act any everyday act could could make somebody's day or could make someone feel better right i mean it's just the little things I I always used to to talk about this with, with someone I was very close to. And it was, you know, the little things are what are what matter. I mean, the big things too, like the big, you know, the big surprises, the big presents. It's all it's all matters. But the things that I think that I've personally have held on to, maybe people are different. But things, the most fond memories that I remember are that are just you know just most recent in my head and most fruitful in my head are the are the little things. It's it's the forts that we'd make when we were younger in elementary school. It was the, the movie nights with family. It was the the small dinners with, with grandparents and it was, you know it wasn't the, the super expensive dates. It was the let's find a recipe and let's cook dinner and let's try not to burn the chicken and let's turn on the T V and just hang out together, right? That's not I don't of course I remember the the big stuff and the, you know, homecomings and prom and all that stuff. But, you know, what I, what I hold on to and what brings more of a smile to my face is, you know, it's the, it's the little stuff, right? It's the dinners and the movie nights and all these other things. So, so I guess just for anyone that you know, doesn't necessarily think about stuff like that, I think it's very important to say, you know, do what you can every day. Do, do the little things that you can every day. You know, smile at someone, wave at someone, hold the door for someone. I don't know. Like say, say thank you to someone when they hold the door. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's like a Disney movie, but I mean, it's just, I don't know. I think it's something that, that can really be taken, taken to heart and can be acted upon, right? I mean, I don't know. I've seen, I, I've, it's, I've seen, you know, a lot of spread love, not hate. Honestly, I'm completely blanking on where I've seen that. Like, seriously, I'm not trying to push a narrative or anything, but I mean, be spread, spread love. Seriously, it's not this. I can't. This is just anyone listening is like, what the hell is this kid saying? I've never heard him talk like this. It's like, I mean, seriously, try just do your best. Do your best every day to to help others, to to be a light for others, you know, I'm not saying 
I'm not saying scream John 316 in the streets for everybody, but, you know, just give someone, give someone a smile, give, hold the door for somebody, you know, somebody drops their books everywhere on the floor, do the Hallmark movie thing and pick it up and smile at the perfect girl with the perfect teeth that just so happened to accidentally drop their shit everywhere. Just like, I, I don't know. Just, just do it. What, think, think about, think about this, right? There's someone, there's someone walking and they, they, their hands are full and they gotta exit the building. Think, what would the perfect looking, hair amazing, Tresemme, I use Dove hair plus, men plus care, shake weight for men, what would the jacked 45 year old in a Hallmark movie do? You know, he would shine his beautiful teeth, he'd smile and he'd say, let me get the door for you, on just normal white woman. Like, I I don't know. Like, it's just, it's, I just can't help but think about with this situation, the little things and how, and how they can help people and how you just, you, you can't forget and you can't ignore what's happening in other people's lives and don't assume that everything is going great for the people that are acting great and are super happy and don't assume that everything is terrible for the person that's just quiet just just go about the little things and i mean just do what you can do what you can every day to do your best to spread love i mean really don't don't call for violence don't call for for pain don't call for death don't call for suffering you know call just just call for love and happiness it's like i don't the emotions that you feel when your team beats the Vikings on a last second play. Call for that feeling. Do that. So, I mean, that's, that's about the best, that's about the best transition that I could do to football from that. I mean, I don't know. I think I did okay. But hey, I mean, look, you guys, you get what I'm saying. I, there, I probably could have explained it better. I probably could have explained it worse, but I think, I think any everyone generally understands what I'm trying to get across here. It's just like do everything that you can every day to try to make people's day because you don't know what they're going through and you know, as as cliche as it is, any little action could prevent someone from, you know, just completely jumping off the edge. Literally. I mean seriously, you never know what you could do. You never know what someone's thinking. Someone someone could be contemplating, you know, if this is the day that I launch myself off of an eight story building and it's tough to think about and it's tough to say and it's like, wow that's that's dark as hell and it's like well yeah it is but you never know you never know what what someone else is going through and you never know what your actions what your actions can do to help somebody else you never know what your actions can do to hurt someone else either right you could you could be having a super tough day and something just annoys you and then you just snap at somebody because they didn't say what you wanted or you, you know you just had to let some steam off right it just just be careful i'm just be careful because you never you never know. And, and it's not your job to know, but it's your job to be courteous. And it's your job to show the respect that you would want to be shown to you. So that's about, that's about all I got on that. And I, and I talked about it longer than I wanted to, because like I said last week, I don't want to do another hour and a half show. I mean, I, I do, but I, it's not, it's not the goal. The goal is to come on here and just ramble for an hour and a half. I want to, I want to have meaning behind what I say, but this is, this is definitely something that, that caught me and that struck me. And it was, you know, it's something I at least want to talk about for a little bit. So hopefully, you know, hopefully this wasn't white noise because I know anyone, especially around Southeast Michigan has heard about 
what happened and they're probably tired about hearing you know about all the despair and all the you know the the teens and the kids really the kids that that died and it's you know it's awful and that's that's all i want to say about it so hopefully i brought some sort of perspective to it and you know hopefully you can take what i said and use it i don't know or give it to somebody else or you know what just or just break your laptop or your phone and say this kid's an idiot and just move on with your life and you know keep hanging on to the trust fund i don't i don't know do whatever do whatever the hell you want okay next order of business college football actually i talked about lines at the end of that and i was like oh hey nice transition but i actually next next thing i want to talk about is is college football because there was something that happened earlier this week that i was not a fan of and it confused me this was early in the show and i said confusion this is the confusion and you know this is difficult because there's obviously bias here and anyone that's listening would know that there's bias here just based on the last few episodes but i also i want to talk objectively about it which is why i have numbers right we did numbers last week and i want to do some more numbers this week and derrick henry won the heisman he's the last running back to win the heisman newsflash derrick henry's a good running back yay okay now that we've gotten that out of the way he won the Heisman Trophy in 2015. He's the last running back to do it and win it. He wasn't necessarily the last running back to make it, but he won it, right? Kenneth Walker does not get an invite to New York. Kenneth Walker III, running back, Michigan State. I mean, probably the best running back in the country, really. I don't think I don't think there's much of an argument about it. Iowa State fans would probably have beef. Right? They'd say, oh, Brees Hall, greatest running back of all time. Barry Sanders, who? Never heard of him. Brees Hall? This is the guy, right? Central Michigan fans would say their guy, right? And, you know, Michigan fans would say, oh, man, Hassan Haskins, he'd, he'd be burying his prime any day. Blake Corum, be burying his prime any day. You know, you get, you get what I'm saying here. Kenneth Walker is legitimate. And how on earth does he not get an invite to New York? It makes no sense. I just, it's just something where I had... To look at not, not only his stats, I wanted to look at the stats of a couple of other running backs. One running back in particular that I kept hearing, like, oh, they're super comparable. And then there was, you know, what were the stats of running backs that won it, let alone made it? What were the stats of running backs in previous years that that won it? And, and in previous years when, when it wasn't as much passing attack, obviously there was a lot of passing and college football was still evolving into what it is today, but... You know, I'd say that most reasonable people would say, look, people are passing the ball more now in 2022, 2021, 2021, it's basically 2022, but people are passing the ball more now in 2021 than they were in, say, 2009 when Mark Ingram won it and in 2015 when Derrick Henry won it. And the thing with Derrick Henry is, is, I mean, Derrick Henry's a monster. Just hand him the ball and let him go. And that's what Alabama did. And his stats, his stats obviously reflect that. And, you know, and, and seeing the other people that, that Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram were, were contending with and seeing the people that, that Kenneth Walker is contending with and, and, and or contended with because he didn't even make it. He didn't even make it to New York. So it's, I don't know. I just, I don't really understand. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily want it to devalue the Heisman Trophy, because I think the Heisman Trophy is, is a great award. I think it's a staple of college football. Anyone knows that it's a staple of college football. It's what it's what people talk about 
I almost as soon as the season ends. Well, who who's gonna win the who's gonna win the Heisman next season? Who's gonna be our front runners? Who do we think has a chance to win the Heisman? And it's what people focus on all off seasons. What the players focus on. I mean, this is the ultimate trophy for college football, and this is what you work towards. This is what you dream for. And and I think that I just watched someone's dream unfairly be taken away from them. I'm not gonna say that Kenneth Walker was going to win it, but he deserved to be there. He deserved to be there. And the fact that he's not is unreal to me. It just doesn't make sense. And, and, and obviously, Kenneth Walker works hard. They all work hard. But when you look at what Kenneth Walker did on the field for his team, with his team, I mean, how does he not get in there? So I'm done. I'm done with the, you know, the emotion, Michigan State, green, you know, green fence or whatever you want to call it through my green lens. It's like, it's not, it's yes, I'm ticked because he's my guy. He's my running back and I want him there. He deserves to be there. But also I think like, look, look at what he did for the game, right? Look what he did for his head coach. Look at what he did against other teams. I mean, think about everything that this guy has had to work for. I mean, he left his old school because he was like, look, you guys aren't utilizing me the way that I want to be utilized. And Mel Tucker gives him a call and says, hey, put on this nice green jersey and put on a gruff Sparty helmet and let's roll. And and he comes to East Lansing and he takes his talents here and, and he turns what should have been probably a seven win team into a 10 win team. And it's like, man, how does this, how does this guy not, not get an invite? I mean, look, Michigan is going to the playoff, deservedly so. And I'll, I'll get into them a little bit later, but I mean, he beat Michigan without Walker. There, there is no game. It's not even, it's not close. It wasn't close with him in the game, but then they, he turned it up and it was him. It was him that brought the team back. I mean, seriously, it was him. Five touchdowns against Michigan. That that one next to the eleven on Michigan's record. That one, or is it eleven or twelve? I've whatever. That one next to the insane amount of victories on Michigan on Michigan's record this year. That's Kenneth Walker. That's because of what he did. So I can't. I cannot justify him not being there. It doesn't make sense, especially considering. Who else made it? I mean, three quarterbacks from this year making it? Seriously? Three? I mean, two of them two of them can't even get drafted. And then the other one is just like, oh, he plays for Pitt. He had a monster. He had a monster end of the season. He had a great second half of the season. And it's like, okay, cool. So is this, is this about what someone does in the last four games, five games of the year? Or is it what someone does for their team all year? Because there were very few games where Kenneth Walker wasn't producing. And when he wasn't producing, he was either hurt, the team was up by 60, or they were down by 60. So, it's, it's like, you know, I'm just, just, it hurts. It really, it honestly, it hurts. I feel, I feel an, an, an emotional connection to this because I've seen people work hard. I've seen people try to strive for their dreams. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. I mean, literally, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm People might be like, oh, he's just a stupid comm major. It's like, yeah, I am a stupid comm major, but I'm working hard and I'm doing what I want to do and I'm trying to get to a certain place. And I mean, I think Kenneth Walker wanted 
to be there and it would be like if if someone if i was just walking down the street innocently and someone took my laptop and my mic and everything and just destroyed it and now i'd have to start i'd have to start over and i'd have to buy a new laptop and buy new recording gear and it'd be like man really that was kind of unfair i didn't deserve that and kenneth walker's staring at a free trip to new york and he gets it unfairly taken away from him because a bunch of geniuses think that kenny pickett's the greatest quarterback of all time Sorry, I think Kenny Pickett or C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Aiden Hutchinson. I, I don't want to talk about Bryce Young because Bryce Young deserves to be there. But I mean, seriously, they're going to justify having three quarterbacks from this class. Go, go to New York. I get it's a quarter. I get it's a quarterback centric award. But more so than that, it's an offense based award. And are, are all three of these quarterbacks really willing? Are all these quarterbacks really considered in the running? I mean, there's no chance that 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 Pickett wins. There's no chance that C.J. Stroud wins. So why have both of them there? Why have why have Aiden Hutchinson there? When's the last defensive end DN? When's the last DN to win? When's the last D lineman to win it? Let alone defensive end. It never happened. It's never happened. So why is he there? At least running backs have won. At least running backs have had a chance. Why are there three quarterbacks and a defensive end? In New York. Why? It doesn't make sense. Why isn't Kenneth Walker there? Aside from the emotions of it. I want to look at numbers. Okay. Because I'm starting to become a bit of a numbers guy. And I should. Right. It's kind of part of the business. You know, sports statistics. And I like statistics. I had fun with statistics class in high school. And I get it's completely different. I'm sorry. But look. I. We did this. We did this last week with the numbers. And I, I'm going to do it again. And you know what? Some of you be like, oh, here we go. It's sound like a robot again. Here we go with the numbers. It's like, yeah, yeah, here we go with the numbers. Because this is real. What 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 I say that comes out of emotion, there there's there's a bias to it. Alright, there's there's a part of me that because of who I root for, because of I how much I value the work that people put in to master a craft, I, I get it. There's emotions that twist in me when someone doesn't get what they deserve. Right. Or when someone gets something that they don't deserve. Right. It just, it, it, it irks me. It annoys me. Right. And so, and you can't, you can't be emotional about numbers. There's no bias with numbers because numbers are numbers and they're going to stay numbers and they're going to be numbers forever. You can't fake numbers. You can fake emotions. You can fake Heisman stuff. You can fake that your head coach. I'm not going to, I almost did it. I almost, I almost brought up. A certain doctor from a certain year. I didn't. I didn't do it. This is. This is. I'm getting better. We're improving. Anyways, I'm sorry. Okay, numbers. I right? like. You can't fake numbers. Can't fake numbers. So let's. So let's move into this. Let's get. Let's get some numbers. Okay. We're. Uh, here's three players. Okay. Three running backs. All from. All from different colleges. Actually, no, they're not. <laughs> Never mind. Two of them. Two of them went to the same school, and then the other one went to a, a, a separate school that wears green. Okay. Oh man, three hundred ninety-five rushes, two thousand two hundred nineteen yards, five point six yards per rush, twenty-eight touchdowns. Okay, that's one guy. Two hundred seventy-one rushes, sixteen hundred fifty-eight yards, six point one yards per carry, seventeen touchdowns. The next guy, 263 rushes, 1,636 yards, 18 touchdowns, 6.2 yards per carry. Okay, 395 rushes, 271 rushes, 263 rushes, 
2,200 yards, 1,658 yards, 1,636 yards, 5.6 yards per rush, 6.1 yards per rush, 6.2 yards per rush, 28 touchdowns, 17 touchdowns, and 18 touchdowns, right? Okay, who's who? The guy with 395 rushes, 2,200 yards, 5.6 yards per carry, and 28 touchdowns was Derrick Henry, 2015. He won the Heisman. 271 rushes, 1,658 yards, 6.1 yards per carry, 17 touchdowns. That's Mark Ingram, 2009, won the Heisman Trophy. 263 rushes, 1,636 yards, 18 touchdowns, 6.2 yards per carry. I think you know who that is. It's Kenneth Walker, Michigan State, 2021. Okay, so here's what I don't get. The two that I mentioned above before not only did they make it to new york they won it they won the heisman trophy they were the best in the country okay derrick henry is an animal you cannot compare derrick henry to anyone else which is kind of weird because i just compared derrick henry to kenneth walker right but i i just i want i want you guys to see how close Kenneth Walker is to these beasts. I mean, Kenneth Walker wasn't exactly in a super run-heavy offense. Now, later in the year, when the receiver, when when hardly nowhere got hurt for Michigan State, it 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 made it so that the run had to be a bit more, you know, there. It had to be more evident. It had to be more a more focal point in the offense, right? And when you were down eighty to Ohio State in the first half. You couldn't run the ball when you were up 50 against Youngstown State. Why run the ball? Why risk injury, right? So, I mean, Kenneth Kenneth Walker's stats, and also Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry's stats that I just laid out. I mean, these stats are with one extra game of Walker's. Walker hasn't played his bowl game yet. These stats for Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram, these are, these are final statistics. These are after every game. This is after. And Derrick Henry, this was with two extra games, actually, because Derrick Henry... Play two, play two playoff games, and you know Mark Ingram played one national, one national championship game because Bama, Bama won it in two thousand nine with Ingram, and you know Bama won it in twenty fifteen with with Derrick Henry. So, so obviously the core differences are our record, right? So twenty fifteen Alabama, they won the national championship. This was in the college football playoff. They won two games. They were their national champions. They they were fourteen and one. That year's what they finished. Mark Ingram, 2009, Alabama, 14-0, national champions, right? Michigan State, they're 10-2, and and they're playing Pitt in the Peach Bowl, right? So there's your difference. There's your key. That's what says, what is different about the teams? What's different about Kenneth Walker? Because, because all, these, all these guys put their team on their back, right? Kenneth Walker put Michigan State on his back. Mark Ingram put Alabama on his back. Derrick Henry put Alabama on his back. Fortunately, for Michigan State at least, Kenneth Walker could only carry Michigan State to the Peach Bowl. And obviously that's nothing against Kenneth Walker. He's miraculous what he did this season. I mean, seriously. But, you know, they just, just Michigan State didn't get as far. They lost twice. They lost to Purdue. And, you know, they got blown up by Ohio State. What are you going to do? But, but look at what Kenneth Walker has done. I mean, look at these numbers. This is with one less game than Mark Ingram. One less game. The numbers are almost the same. Mark Ingram has eight more rushes than Kenneth Walker. Mark Ingram has 28 more yards 
than Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker has one more touchdown than Mark Ingram. And Kenneth Walker has 0.1 more yards per carry than Mark Ingram. And Mark Ingram was in a run-heavy offense. People were running the ball more in 2009 than they are in 2021. And Kenneth Walker still put up the same stats as a guy who won it. Not only did he go, he won. So why isn't Kenneth Walker in New York? Why is he sitting in East Lansing waiting waiting a month to go to the Peach Bowl? Why? Answer the question. Why? What business does Kenny Pickett or CJ Stroud or Aiden Hutchinson have being there over Kenneth Walker? You can make, you can, you can say whatever you want. You can hop on Facebook. You can hop on MySpace. You can hop on whatever you want and you can say, why Stroud? Why Hutchinson? Why Pickett? All deserve to be there. But you can't hop on and say why Kenneth Walker doesn't. Because he deserves to be there, along with the rest of them. He does. And it's unbelievable how he doesn't get there. I mean, I mean, seriously. <laughs> it's the same. His stats are the same as Mark Ingram in 2009. And Mark Ingram was the best running back in the country that year. There wasn't a question. And he won. And he won. And his team won because of him in Michigan State one because of Kenneth Walker. Alabama won because of Mark Ingram. And the part that doesn't make sense to me is that the Heisman Trophy isn't a team award. It's an individual performance award. So why are we allowing what the team does this season over the course of the season to judge how someone even gets to New York, let alone wins the trophy? It doesn't make sense. Fix it! Because he deserves to be there. He does. And there's, I don't think there's anyone that could justify him not being, I mean, look at these. Look at the numbers. The numbers aren't lying. 2009. Who's Mark Ingram competing against? Who were the other finalists? 2009. Toby Gerhardt, Mark Ingram, Colt McCoy, and Domigan Sue, Tim Tebow. He went up against, regardless of how they panned out in the pros, these Mark Ingram, Colt McCoy, and Dominican Sue, Tim Tebow. These guys are college football legends. Tebow has a high, Tebow has a national championship. Tebow's got it all, regardless of how he panned out in the pros. Individual performance based in college. These guys are college football legends. Am I going to remember Kenny Pickett's name in 10 years? Probably not. But am I going to remember Dominican Sue, Colt McCoy, and Tim Tebow? Yeah. And Tim Tebow got cut by the Jags this year. The Jags. He was on their practice one. They let him go. He said, bye bye. You don't got it. You're not a, you're not a quarterback. You're not a tight end. You're not a football player. Not in the NFL. But I remember Tebow. Tebow is a college football legend. And Mark Ingram won it over these people. He won it over Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Colt McCoy, who is undefeated as Cardinals quarterback. Isn't, I think he's undefeated. I don't know. Colt McCoy starting quarterback in Arizona. Just, you know. Just leave it at that. And Dominican Sue, you know, the dirty, the dirty player, the guy that, you know, steps on Aaron Rodgers. Whatever. I don't like Green Bay. No skin off my nose. But, but look who we beat. Look who Mark Ingram beat in 2009. And look who Kenneth Walker was competing against. Aiden Hutchinson, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and Kenny Pickett. Really? And he's not even there. He's not even in the room when they announced that Bryce Young 
a win, a, a wins the award? I mean, come on. He's got to at least be there. Seriously, like, it's just, it doesn't make sense. So, so I created, I created this, uh, this little point thingy that I, I don't know, it's just, I was just having fun with this. I wanted to measure each running back based on, based on performance. And, and we're just going to go, we're just going to go by rushers. And where, where Mike, Mark Ingram kind of sets himself apart was in the, was in the receiving game. He caught more balls than Kenneth Walker did. You know, Mark Ingram caught 32 passes. Kenneth Walker caught 13. You know, he, Mark Ingram had 300 yards receiving. Kenneth Walker had 89. Mark Ingram had three touchdowns receiving. Kenneth Walker had one. So, you know, pass catching back. You want to make that argument that those extra 250 passing, uh, catching yards and two extra receiving touchdowns made the difference, then go ahead. You'd be insane. I'd probably check you into a psych ward, to be honest, or I'd tell someone that's very close to you to check you into a psych ward. So, but anyways, uh, let's just, let's take a look at my little point fun thing that I created. So I, I measured, you know, Kenneth Walker's stats, Mark Ingram's stats, and Derrick Henry's stats. And I said, look, who has the best in each category, who has the worst? And the best in each category gets one point, and the worst gets three points. The person in the middle gets two points. And it's like golf. Lowest amount of points would be the best. So, you know, Derrick Henry... Derrick Henry gets one point because he had the most carries. Mark Ingram gets two points because he had the second most carries. And Kenneth Walker gets three points. And get, and get this is this is with the benefit of these guys, of Derrick Henry having two extra games over Kenneth Walker and Mark Ingram having one extra game over Kenneth Walker. So, I mean, just keep that in mind as well. So like I said, Derrick Henry gets one point for amount of carries. Mark Ingram gets two. Kenneth Walker gets three. And lowest amount of points is the best. Derrick Henry... Gets, gets one point because he had the most yards. Mark Ingram gets two points because he had the second most yards. And Kenneth Walker gets three points because he had the least amount of yards out of the three. Derrick Henry gets three points for yards per carry because he had the lowest at 5.6. Mark Ingram gets two points for yards per carry because he had 6.1 second in second. Kenneth Walker gets one point because he had the highest yards per carry out of all three of them at 6.2 yards per carry. And then for touchdowns, Derrick Henry gets one point because he had the most by far at 28. Kenneth Walker gets two points because he had the second most touchdowns at, at 18. And then Mark Ingram had 17 touchdowns, so Mark Ingram gets three points. And those of you that are that are quick with math are gonna already know what I'm gonna say. So just based on rushing performance only, Derrick Henry, six points, lowest points, clearly the best out of the three. I don't think there's any argument. There shouldn't be any argument of that. If if you were a Michigan State fan and or if you were just any college football guy and you said Kenneth Walker is better than Derrick Henry, I would, you know, I'd send you to the psych ward with the other guy that I was just talking about. So Derrick Henry was six points, Mark Ingram nine points, Kenneth Walker nine points. They're the same running back. It's just Kenneth Walker wasn't as involved in the passing game. They're the same type of running back. I mean, Mark Ingram, the way he cuts back, the way the vision way he finds the gaps the way mark ingram had a competent offensive line and our offensive line was middle of the road i mean it's like look i'm not gonna make i'm not gonna make excuses for mark ingram why he was so good mark ingram was a generational talent and you know he his time in the pros is coming to an end but he was generational with alabama what he did at alabama is something that is honestly kind of more common than it should be but I mean, look, what Mark Ingram did was crazy. And then Derrick Henry pops in, you know, six years later and it's like, oh, yeah, who's Mark Ingram? Never heard of him. I'm going to rush for 28 touchdowns and 
2,200 yards. But but seriously, I mean, Mark Ingram and Kenneth Walker are the same guy. And Mark Ingram is college football royalty. Where's Kenneth Walker? Why isn't he there? That's got to be one of the greatest snubs for anything of all time. Anything, not not just Heisman, anything. Any defensive player of the year, any MVP, any offensive rookie of the year, any sport, any whatever, Calder Trophy, whatever, anything, right? But I bring in the Calder Trophy because Lucas Raymond's winning the Calder Trophy, and that's the extent of my hockey talk for the day. But outside of that, I mean, this has got to be one of the greatest snubs ever. How in the world is Kenneth Walker not sitting in New York? How? Tell me how. Laid out the stats, laid out the numbers, laid out my little point system. Why is he there? Why isn't he or why is he there? Why is he there? Because he's a damn good running back. Why isn't he there? I don't know. He's not there. Somebody put him there. Somebody say, Oh yeah, uh sorry Kenneth, we forgot to tell you you're going to New York. It was a uh, it was a publishing error, communications error, phone line went dead, you know, computer exploded when we were typing out the article and releasing the statement, whatever, you know, it's, sorry. There miscommunication, you're going to New York. Enjoy your free trip. That, that it shouldn't happen. It's it's wrong. It's it's objectively, factually wrong that he's not in New York. And I hope he runs for eight hundred yards and seven touchdowns against Pitt in the Peach Bowl. Because Kenny Pickett, if he doesn't play, he's a quitter. He's a quitter if he doesn't play. Kenneth Walker, he's not no quitter. He's gonna play. He's gonna smack Pittsburgh. He's gonna run for hundreds of yards, multiple touchdowns. He's gonna show everyone why he should have been in New York. And actually been in the conversation to win it. How's he not New York, huh? Doesn't make sense. Oh, by the way, last defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy, Charles Woodson in the 90s, over 20, 24 years ago. Yeah, last defensive player to win it. He was a corner. Aiden Hutchinson, the hell's he doing there? Last defensive lineman to win? Oh, let's take a look. Let's go through history. Hmm, let's see. Oh, we're back in the 1600s now. Yeah, no defensive lineman has won it ever. What's he doing there? He's not in Domigan Sioux. If you want him there, leave him there. But give Walker a call too and get him in New York. Doesn't make sense. Stupid. Stupid. What it is. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. I don't get it. I really don't. Last D lineman to win the Heisman Trophy. Never happened. The, the next one that came remotely close was in Domigan Sioux. I don't hear people calling up and telling me that Aiden Hutchinson is the Dominican Sioux. I just don't hear it. Sure, is he, is Aiden Hutchinson going to be the number one pick in the draft? Maybe. But this isn't about what he does in the pros. It's not about where he gets drafted. It's what he did for his team. Did Aiden Hutchinson single-handedly carry his team to, you know, 10 wins, 11 wins, however many wins that that program has? No. Was it only because of Aiden Hutchinson? No. What, what Michigan State did for their team, Michigan State has the worst pass defense. They still have 10 wins. Who's that because of? Who is it? Part of it on Coach Tucker? Yeah. That's why he won Big Ten Coach of the Year. How much of it is on his running back? It's one of the best in program history. Why did why did Michigan State beat Michigan? It sure as hell wasn't the pass defense. It's Kenneth Walker. He did it. So, I mean, look. If you want Aiden Hutchinson there, fine. Leave him there. That's fine. Whatever. He had a great season. Tons of sacks. He'll be a top five pick. Kenneth Walker might not. He probably won't get picked that high. But like I said, it's not about the draft, genius. This is about what he did for his team. It's about how many 
games that he won. It's about individual performance. And, it, and I mean, if Aiden Hutchinson's there, I mean, I think you got at least got to include David Ajabo in the conversation. As you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not Michigan slappy. Anyone knows I'm not. But I mean, look, everyone, everyone's ready to pull down Aiden Hutchinson's pants for him. And I don't know, it's stupid, stupid. I mean, if, if there's all this talk about Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson should should be the winner. Should be in New York. Why, why not David Ajabo? David Ajabo was was a dominant force late in the season, right? Because I mean, after all, the Heisman Trophy only matters with, with what you do in the last six games. That's why Kenny Pickett's there. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just stupid, right? I mean, look, Kenneth Walker single handedly carried his team, carried them to ten wins. Ten. You know how hard it is to win 10 games in college football, let alone in the Big Ten? This isn't the American Conference, which I'm going to get to in a second, believe me. This isn't, this isn't UCF. This isn't Cincinnati. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to get into that in a second. Screw those guys. This is, this is a Power Five conference. This is the Big Ten, where you had the worst pass defense in the country. You still win 10 games. It doesn't happen by accident. No one's here telling me Peyton Thorne should be the Heisman Trophy winner. So you got to get points. You got to get productivity somewhere. Where did you get it? You got it from your running back. Oh, so you should probably be in New York. I mean, he has the same stats as Mark Ingram. He should at least be in conversation to win the Heisman Trophy and at a bare minimum be in New York for the presentation when they give it to Bryce Young. No, he's sitting on his couch. He's sitting on his sitting in his bedroom <laughs> doing push-ups and sit-ups, pull-ups, just waiting for Pitt, waiting for that scam artist, Kenny Pickett. To show up in Atlanta. <laughs> Stupid. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is three of the best receivers in college football, and he put up those stats with those receivers. Alright, CJ Stroud could be a fantastic quarterback. This isn't shame this isn't shame CJ Stroud for forty five minutes. This is CJ Stroud had some of the best weapons in all of college football at his disposal. And he used those weapons accordingly, and he did great, and he put up great numbers, as he should have, with the weapons that he had. But Kenneth Walker his offensive line wasn't special. The defense that was playing on the other side of Kenneth Walker were some of the best. Was some of the best defenses. I mean, seriously, that Michigan defense—it's a force. It's a force. Two hundred yards and five touchdowns against that defense. It's crazy. How do you let that happen? And the defense, his defense, Kenneth Walker's defense, wasn't helping them. Kenneth Walker was single-handedly in a track race with other teams because they just keep scoring. They keep scoring field goals and touchdowns because we couldn't cover anybody through the air. <laughs> and Walker's just like, yep, give me the ball, I'll take care of it. 6.2 yards per carry, 6.2 yards per carry, 6.2 yards per carry. You know, like, isn't that crazy? Think about that. That's 6.2 yards. That's a first down every two plays if you hand the ball off to Kenneth Walker. You're not even getting the third down. That's unreal. That's unheard of. Last time you heard about that, Mark Ingram. What did he do? The one, the Heisman. What Kenneth Walker do? He didn't even get an invite. Get him an invite. It's a snub. Doesn't make sense. Help! I'm losing my mind. Oh man, I just I I just can't get over the last defensive lineman to win the Heisman. It's never happened. It's, it's like, oh man, just how do they let stuff like this happen? Still, it doesn't make sense. I mean, seriously. Next order of business, because I'm starting to get mad, and I'm gonna get a little bit more mad. But this is gonna be anger with a passion. This is gonna be this is gonna be anger with purpose. I mean, the thing with Kenneth Walker was purpose, but I just I just wanna I just wanna make something very clear. Oh, those of you that have me on Snapchat, 
saw what I posted about Cincinnati after they beat Houston. And I mean, the th- absolute thrill of the American championship. I mean, that was, that was the TV spectacle of the day. I mean, Bama, Georgia, SEC championship, uh, uh-uh, nothing compared to Cincinnati, Houston. I mean, everyone was dialed in as Papa would say, everyone was dialed in to, to Houston and Cincinnati. Those scam artists from Cincinnati went out and won. And as they should have. They should have won. And I honestly, I, do, I will say, I like what the American does, kind of. I kind of like the whole, you know, higher seed gets the championship game at home. That's kind of cool. I don't, know, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that 100%. I'm not sure if every conference should do it. But, but I did like it. It was kind of cool. It was a nice, nice change of pace from the neutral site. But I also love the neutral site because it's, you know, playing playing in a pro arena, super big city. It's cool. Bo- both are cool for different reasons. But that's that's not the point of this conversation. The point is, and I had a conversation with a friend about this. He might be listening. If he is, screw you. You're not right about what's going to happen with Cincinnati. They're going to lose by 100. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that pretty much that pretty much says, you know, Cincinnati – Cincinnati won their game against Houston, and they're going to the playoff. And I've talked about this, you know, a couple random times. Never really given it a full a full look. It was just little drop drop ins about you know why Cincinnati's terrible, why they have no business being in the playoff, but why I want them there, so everyone can forget that Michigan State wins the playoff. The way the way everyone seems to forget that Washington was the way that Washington was in the playoff. You know, everyone forgets Washington was in the playoff. Why can't we do that about Michigan State? Please just let him just let him forget. Oh, by the way, the year Michigan State was in the playoff, who was who was Alabama's running back? Derrick Henry. Let's throw that out there. But yeah, so Cincinnati, Cincinnati's gonna hop into the playoff, and I'm glad. I'm glad for one reason. And those of you that 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 have that listened and have listened closely, the last, I think I just I think it was about two weeks ago that I mentioned two or three weeks ago, two episodes ago I mentioned it. I was like, you know what? I want Cincinnati in so that everyone forgets that Michigan State. Was in there. I hope that Cincinnati's in there so that so that Cincinnati now is the team that went to the playoff that had no business being in the playoff. I want that to be Cincinnati. I strive for that to be Cincinnati because I don't like Cincinnati because I don't like Ohio because I don't like the American Conference. I don't I don't like that they have the right to send a team to the playoff. I don't think they deserve it. You, you think you think I should you think I should give a team like Cincinnati, the golden crown or the opportunity to have the golden crown. Do I think that Cincinnati deserves the right to be invited <laughs> to the biggest college football spectacle, biggest college football moments of the season as a reward for beating Tulane by eight points or however many small number of points that they did in November? You think I should care? You think I should actually give a crap about anything that Cincinnati does? Seriously. Why should I care? Why should I care that they had to beat Houston at home to go to the playoff? Why should I care that they were in a shootout with East Carolina? Why should I care? Seriously, why should I even give these guys a chance to go? Why should I let them face Alabama in the national championship semifinal? Seriously, why should I care? I don't. I don't care. You want to know why? Because they're not in a Power 5 conference. And everyone's like, oh, give them a chance. Give them a chance. Let the group of five show what they can do. Oh, yeah? If it really mattered, if being in the group of five was so great, if being in the group of five meant that much, the hell are they going to the Big 12 for? Seriously. Why was it the first chance that they got to get out of the American? They took it. Why is that? They had, do they have that much faith in their team? Probably. Till faded. Won't help them. 
good. If you want to go, if you want to go to the Big Twelve, good. Go, go play Iowa State. I love Iowa State, by the way. Go Cyclones. Go play TCU. Go play TCU in Week Twelve. Go eight and four. Make it to a decent bowl game. There's no shame in that. But don't think you have business in the college football playoff because you don't. You have no business being there. And all those fans, all those beautiful little Bearcats out there in the, in, in Nippert Stadium. Really? Nippert? That's the name of the stadium for a college football playoff team? Nippert? Really? You're gonna, you're gonna make me say, you're gonna make me say, get on my show and say, the team from Nippert Stadium is going to the college football playoff. You scam artists really gonna make me do that? Screw you guys. Screw Luke Fickle. Seriously. It's stupid. No business being there. I see all, I saw you see all you happy little Bearcats in your pretty little Nippert Stadium that's dug into the ground. Nice Chick-fil-A got on campus, by the way. We tried to find that group of friends where we wanted Chick-fil-A going to Kentucky. It led us onto that stupid campus and that weird dug-in football stadium, Nippert Stadium. I didn't know it was called Nippert until probably two days ago when I was, or whatever. It wasn't two days ago. It was the day of the, was the, day of the championship when you beat Houston. Yeah, you beat Houston. Good job. Good job, little Bearcats. You beat Houston. Yeah, you're going to the playoff now. Woohoo! You want to know how you got there? You beat Houston. You went undefeated in a terrible conference. You beat Notre Dame in a non-conference game. You beat a Notre Dame team whose head coach is ready to be out. And you saw that because as soon as, as soon as LSU, as soon as Baton Rouge gave Notre Dame's head coach a call, a guy by the name of Brian Kelly, what did he do? He up and left. He said, goodbye. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to play with you anymore, Notre Dame. That's the team you beat. That's the team that you beat. Good job. You beat Indiana. Indiana's terrible. Worst team in the Big Ten, and it's not close. Good job. Yeah, have fun in the playoffs. I see all you happy little Bearcats. I see all you saying, we want Bama. We want Bama. I see you with your cute, with your cute signs, your cute posters that say defense. Bama who? Yeah. You want to know what your problem is, Cincinnati? I'll tell you your problem. I'll tell anyone that wants Cincinnati. I'll tell any Cincinnati sympathetic person what their problem is. Their problem is... Bama wants you too, numb nuts. Bama wants you. And here's your thing. When Bama wants you, you don't escape. You die. You lose. When Bama wants you, when Bama wants your flesh, when they smell you, like they smell Georgia in the SEC championship, you will die. You will fail. You will lose. Because when it's all, when all cards are on the table for Bama, the way they were against Georgia, you saw what happened. Georgia wasn't supposed to get beaten like that. Nobody should be able to run in a track fight like that against Georgia. Nobody should be able to dismantle Georgia the way that Alabama did. But when all cards are on the table for Alabama, you saw what happened. You saw the lack of mercy. You saw the Cobra Kai-esque beatdown that, that Alabama handed to Georgia. You saw it. I saw it. I witnessed it. And I have to look at you pretty little bearcats out of your pathetic American conference saying we want Bama. Yeah, newsflash, Bama wants you too. Good luck. Have fun with that. I'm going to be, I'm going to watch that game. I'm going to be so happy when Cincinnati loses 59-3. Jeez, you know, it's, it's disgraceful. It's disgraceful that Washington only lost by 17 points to Alabama. But at least Washington came out of the Pac-12. They're coming out of the American conference. Get real. Stupid, you know. I and, and it's, this is uh, here's here's some numbers. Here's some numbers because you know we'll do some more numbers because I'm not just gonna come on and say Cincinnati's gonna get killed, right? Here's here's some numbers. Here's here's Bama. 
in their first playoff game, in every playoff game semifinal that they played in. Okay, The first one they ever played in, they lost 42-35 to Ohio State in 2014. Since then, let's take a look at some of the teams that they played in the first round of the playoff in the semifinal. They played Clemson. These are in no particular order, by the way, by year. These are just the games that they played. 24-6, victory over Clemson. 45-34, victory over Oklahoma. 31-14, victory over Notre Dame. 38-0, victory over eh, Michigan State. 24-7, victory over Washington. The next closest game that Alabama has played in the semifinal outside of their loss to Ohio State in 2014 was an 11-point victory against Oklahoma. Cincinnati, prepare for the gauntlet because you're going to get it. We want Bama. We want Bama. Bama who? Bama this. Bama that. Playoff this. Playoff that. Houston Championship. American Conference. Well, we're technically in the Big 12 now. Yeah, 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 yeah. None of it matters. You are entering the gates of hell. And Nick Saban is there, ready to punch your ticket to the fire. You are going to get obliterated. Obliterated. Minus 13 and a half Alabama last time I saw? No. Not even close. It should be minus 40 and a half. Alabama, when the cards are on the table, shows no mercy. This isn't even a rivalry game for Alabama. And they're going to bury you. Your only hope is, is what, as that Alabama does to you, what Ohio State did to Michigan State. When Ohio State was up 49 at halftime, Ryan Day called off the hounds and he said, look, we're good. Let's rest. Let's get ready for Michigan. And, you know, they went out and lost to Michigan. But your only hope is that Alabama's up. 42 nothing at halftime, and Alabama calls off the hounds like Ohio State did, and you get a couple garbage-time meaningless touchdowns, and you lose 45-14, 45-21, 45-17. There's no chance. You're going to get embarrassed. You're going to show the rest of the world and nobody from the group of five ever belongs in the college football playoff ever again. I hate them. I don't want them there. It's not because they're from Ohio. It's, it's not even necessarily... It, it's not... Because it's Cincinnati, it's not because it's irrelevant. It's it's just it's stupid, you know. If Cincinnati if Cincinnati wants any business being a college football playoff. Next time I see college football playoff, better have twelve teams in it. There's no chance that a team from the American Conference is fourth best team in the country. Not even close. And then it's just no. I'm not, I'm not going to deal with it. You know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll eat it. I'll talk about it, and I'll I'll come full circle and say, look, you know what? I was wrong. My bad. Sorry. But look, I, I can't, I can't justify it. And you know what? It'd make zero sense for Cincinnati to not be there. They won every game. They started the rankings high. They were number four. They won their game. They had no reason to get bumped down. But this is it. This is it. All these Bearcats, they wanted their chance. They said, look, this is it. This is our time. We're the champions. We're the American Conference champions. We're undefeated. It's like, okay, cool. Time to play a real team. Time to play a real team that has actual national championship aspiring goals. The team that you're playing, you aren't their Super Bowl. You're, you aren't their college football player. You aren't their championship. You don't get it. Alabama is playing is playing you as a courtesy. You don't deserve to be on the same field as Alabama. There's no reason. There's no reason. You should be playing Alabama for the right to go to the national championship. And you're going to see why. You will all see why. They don't deserve it. There's no point in them being there. And honestly, when I, I posted the picture, I said, I said, very good when, when Cincinnati beat Houston. I said, very good because the plan's in motion. The great plan is in motion. The playoff committee, 
no, I, some people think they're idiots, and, and I think they make some idiotic decisions sometimes. But I think they're smart. I think they're smart for putting Cincinnati in there. I think they're smart for doing it against Alabama because they have they they have two things that can happen now. Number one, they give us the best game. Georgia Bama in the semifinal wasn't going to be the best game. Georgia Michigan, that's going to be the best game. Angry team coming off a heartbreaking loss, heartbreaking, embarrassing loss in their conference championship off the team that's coming off two high emotion wins, a team that went to the Big Ten Championship for the first time in 100 years, and team that won it for the first time in 150 years. So, I mean, look, beat Ohio State, they beat Iowa 42-3. to Now you're going up against an angry Georgia team that just lost to Alabama. That's a great game. That's a great narrative. That's a great story. It's like Michigan State Pitt, right? It's a great story. Not as great of a game, not as meaningful of a game. It's a great narrative. It's a great story to tell for a football game. It's what you love about the sport of football, what you love about college football. And then we get Alabama-Cincinnati, the team that has no business being there against the team that's had the empire. It is. This is a literally rebellion versus empire, a new hope version. Alabama's the, Alabama's the Death Star, and Cincinnati's a lone X-Wing. But this time, the, the X-Wing, it's not going to make no trench run this time. He's not going to... He's not gonna what what is it? He's not gonna uh, blast whatever rats in his T fifteen back home. It's not happening. It's not happening. He's not gonna fire the torpedo in the two meter hole that was set up by a chain reaction by Doctor Urso, Galen Urso. It's not gonna happen. It's not happening. You know what's gonna happen to that little X wing trying to make the trench run? It's not even gonna make it to the Death Star. It's not even gonna make it to the trench. It's going to get blasted into oblivion by a million TIE fighters that knew that this X-Wing was coming before the X-Wing even knew that it was on its way to the Death Star. There's no chance. I'm glad that I did that analogy. I'm glad. Get him out. I'm done with Cincinnati. It's good. I'm glad. Everything everything that I wanted to that happen with Cincinnati happened. I'm glad they won out. I'm glad they made because I had to hear about all this crap through the season. Cincinnati this, Cincinnati that. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. Good. Good. Give him a chance. Give him a chance and let him flunk it. Let him go out and lose by 50. It's beautiful. Never have to have the conversation about a group of five team ever again. Luke Fickle could be a great coach. His talents could be suited anywhere in the country. And they will. You'll see. You'll see what happens when you're playing or when you're coaching at a subpar program like that, at a, at a not elite level program, at a not empire building program. You'll see what happens. He'll get the call from somebody. He'll get the call. He'll get the money from a big name and he'll leave. Doesn't matter. Since you know Cincinnati's in the Big Twelve, that's fine. That's good. Go to a go to a respectable conference, win seven, eight games, go to a respectable bowl game, and live out your life. Live out your life cycle in purgatory as Cincinnati. Go for it. That's fine. That's fine. You want to know who else is in the Big Twelve for football? Kansas. Who cares? Doesn't matter. You aren't anything. You're never going to be. Because you're just you're just a little puny school in an irrelevant city. That's all you are. And that's what I am. I'm I go to an irrelevant school in a puny city. Puny school around the city. Whatever. That's what Cincinnati is, right? But my school, we win hockey championships. We have championship aspirations. Ooh, college hockey, stupid. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody can care about Cincinnati after this year. After they lose to Alabama by 50, nobody is going to remember. Nobody's going to remember you. You're not going to be the team that went undefeated. You aren't going to be the team that had the miracle run to win the American championship. You're not going to be any of it. Want to know what you're going to be? You're going to be what I was. You're going to be what I was for, you know, whatever, six years. 
they were going to be the team that made it to the college football playoff on a fluke and got embarrassed and exposed for what they really, really were. A team that had no business being on the same field as the team that they played against. That's what you're going to be against Alabama. So have fun. Seriously, have fun with it. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's an embarrassment is what it is. It's an embarrassment that Cincinnati gets to go. Like I said, I'm glad that they're there. And you know what? All they want is a chance. Good. You've got your chance. Now go out and screw it up like everyone knows you will. Seriously. It's Ohio. It's in your nature. I'm basically Kentucky, but still. Last thing. Last thing, because Cincinnati is not, man. You know, I'm going to have to, this going to be a lot, of, a lot of heat I could take for this one. Talking about, you know, Oxford starting out Cincinnati. You know, I don't like Cincinnati. It's like, oh, give the little guy a chance. You're the little guy. You're 135 pounds. That's correct. You know what? I never got a chance. So why does Cincinnati deserve a chance? Screw them. Get them out. Goodbye. Lose. Whatever. You know, Cincinnati Cincinnati gets the shot at the at the girl. Everyone everyone wants that girl. Everyone wants Bama. Bama is that girl. Cincinnati just gonna get shut down, blocked, unadded, and have their phone tossed off a cliff just like the rest of us. It's good and they deserve it. They deserve it. They're gonna lose by a hundred. And they should. Okay, last thing, last thing. It's gonna be quick. It's it's. I know I'm running out of time. I have to go to meteorology last lecture of the year. Yay! So you know, college student stuff, right? I'm sorry, but I'm I'm running out of time. So I'm gonna do this fast. Lions, Lions won a game. Yay! Good job. Proud of you, Lions. I'm glad. I'm glad that it happened. I mean, I'm a Lions fan. I think any Lions fan is glad that it happened. We don't have the shadow rolling windless hanging over us like a dark blizzard cloud. Like what I dealt with in this stupid state last week, right? Don't have to deal with it. Don't have to deal with the narrative that we could go winless. That's good. I don't want to have to deal with it. They won, but why? That's the key for me. Why did they win? What caused them to win? And and that's how I evaluate it. Not only did you win the game, but why? Was it players? Was it coaching? Was it decisions? You know what? What, what led to the victory? And you know what? As crazy it is for me. It's Jared Goff. It's Jared Goff. Really. Jared Goff made the throws that needed to be made when he was called on to make them. Really. And and it's 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 kind of disgusting for me to say, to be honest, because I've you know, had no faith in Goff. I don't think many people have had faith in Goff, you know? NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Jared Goff. It's like, okay, cool. Jared Goff. Jared Goff won that game. Really. He won the game for the Lions. He won the game for the City. Won the game for Oxford, all of it, all the motivation, all the sweat, you know, all of it, all the stories, all the all the motivation. It was all, it was all there. And then Jared Goff did what he needed to took care of business. And, and you know, Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer helped him out. You know, all the Vikings up here want Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer fired. They wanted him fired before the game, and they were like, you know, what if they lose this game? This should be the last straw. I was like, you know what? I agree. I agree. You know what? I hope I hope as a Lions fan that I can help you out. That I can help you out. Seriously. So yeah, it's just. Ah, Mike Zimmer, and and the, this was this was what for the Vikings. This is kind of Lions Thanksgiving the year Trish got fired, right? It was like, look, they went out on national TV, got embarrassed by Texans, who were a terrible team, and and you know they didn't they didn't come back next week. Patricia and Quinn didn't come back next week. Now, unfortunately for the Vikings, they're on a short week, which means which means that somebody's gonna have to come back and coach, which is Mike Zimmer, because they play tonight. Vikings play tonight. Vikings Steelers, big game, big game. So, you know, Mike Zimmer's still in town, and it's like, you know what, I, I, I guess I can understand. But, but outside of Zimmer, I want to go to another coach that uh, is, you know, we'll, we'll say 
we'll say confused. Because that fourth and one play call, and, and there, there are other things. You know, there were other tiny mistakes. You know, Dan Campbell said he didn't like the third down call before that. It's like, okay, cool. You know, I don't like most of your play calls on third down anyway, so why should I argue with this one? Um, fourth and one, he calls. You know, fourth and that wasn't even one. It was less than one. It was about a half yard probably. I don't know. You can calculate the exact amount of inches. It was fourth and fourth and less than a half yard or a half yard. And um, you know, Dan Campbell calls calls play action, and he's at his own twenty-eight yard line. He's inside his own thirty. It's a big call. There's there's not much time left, and the Lions' defense is is on its last strings. And Minnesota can get the ball back, and they can you know they can take the lead. The touchdown, they can take the lead with a field goal, and they take a bigger lead with a touchdown. You give Minnesota the ball back when your defense has been lacking. Minnesota can come down, score a touchdown, and then you get put in the position where you have to score a touchdown in a short amount of time just to win the game. Not even field goal. I mean, this is a touchdown, right? And then the offense had been had been lacking. It it was out of its groove that it was in in the second quarter. And and that's just, you know, that's the way football goes sometimes. So, so Dan Campbell knows that this fourth and inches play call is, is the biggest call of the game. And I know it can be like, oh, well, every call is the biggest call in the game because anything can go sideways. And at this point, this fourth and inches is the biggest call of the game. Do you punt? You go for it. If you go for it, what's the play call? If you punt, do you run a fake punt? Ooh, all these different, all these different things to consider. So, so Dan Campbell on fourth and one calls the play. He calls the play action, bootleg, super fake out the defense. Mike Zimmer doesn't know what he's doing. We're going to score a touchdown on this play. Go Lions forward down the field. That's the play that he called. And wow, to my shock and everyone's shock, uh, it doesn't work. Whoa, it fails miserably. Goff doesn't even get the throw off. And Minnesota gets the ball at the 28-yard line and come down and score a touchdown. Now, Lions came back and won, won the game. And I'm glad. I'm glad that I don't have to deal with this crap anymore. And I celebrated. I jumped up and down in my room. I had the ego. I blasted all I do is win in the car when I was going to get dinner. I went and wore a Lions jersey out in public with pretty much all Vikings fans around. And, you know, I got the I got the FUs and the double birds and, you know, go back to Detroit, bud. And it's like, all right, whatever. Your voice sounds weird. Like, why do you pronounce your U's like that? Your, why do your U's sounds like O's and your OK's sound like AW's? Like, it's hockey hockey <laughs> whatever it's like stop talking to me you lost your head coach is an idiot my head coach is an idiot you still lost we your idiot lost our idiot so whatever keep talking you talking about you know woodbury or wherever you're from nobody cares seriously whatever your team's irrelevant my team's irrelevant well both irrelevant your baseball team's irrelevant my baseball team's irrelevant the timberwolves are irrelevant the pistons are irrelevant see detroit minneapolis have a little bit more in common. It's just like, oops, you know, poor, poor Viking fans. And the thing, the thing that I have to, that I have to deal with, with, with Vikings fans is Viking fans hate their team more than they hate anything else. So it was just the hate that was being directed at me was, was more, it was, I know it came from a place that they don't hate me. They don't hate my team. They might hate my guts because I wore a Lions jersey out, you know, one ten and one. And I wore the jersey out in their territory after they lost. But 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 that hate that comes from the hatred of their team it doesn't come from hatred of me. Vikings don't hate the Lions. You can't hate the Lions. They're terrible. It's like it's like hating on a helpless baby. You can't hate on a helpless baby that craps itself over and over again. It's like oh, 
the baby crapped itself. That's that's every, every other NFL team watching the Lions. It's like you can't be mad at the Lions. You can't hate the Lions. Would you would you hate an innocent baby that didn't know what it was doing? That just you know cried and threw up and farted and ate mashed sweet potatoes everywhere. You you can't be mad at that. It's just an innocent little helpless baby that doesn't know what's happening. That's that's all the Lions are. So you can't be mad at that. So it's just, uh, I, I forgive you Viking fans. I forgive all of you because I understand. I understand. And there's, there's, it's, it's forgivable. It really is. So, so for those of you that were out in public that, that flipped me off, it, it's okay. I understand. I understand. We all understand. That's just the way football works sometimes. And you know what? You, you sound like you're from Canada, but you're from America. And you know what? That's, that's good. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you exist. I hope you find everything great in life. I hope everything in life treats you the way you want to be treated. And I hope that you and your aviation buddies at University of North Dakota all fly thousands of miles and live wonderful lives. Seriously, I, you, guys, you guys are great people. You're great people. But listen, the Lions and that play call. That play call for Dan Cow, I, I strayed from the point for a second. I did I did veer off the road for a little bit we're, we're bringing it back that play call play call is terrible it's unexcusable you cannot do that dan campbell you can't do it and i know he's listening oh dan campbell's listening right now it's like man i gotta listen to the guy's show it's such a great show that this that this idiot crevax puts on this stupid take the plunge show with you know fifty thousand listeners it's great you should you should all listen. <laughs> i mean dan campbell regular listener you know he's he's heeding my advice uh that can't happen Play call cannot happen. What's the strength? What's the strength of your offense so far, Ben, during the game? It's been the run game. Jamal Williams, over four yards of carry. The O-line's had a good game. You know, Goff's had his best game. But overall, what's been working in the second half? It's been the run game. What's been lacking for Minnesota? What's hurt? The linebackers, the D-line, not full strength. What is what? What position group for the Lions is going to get completely reworked at the end of the season. The wide receiver room. What position group for the Lions is a position group that is going to be completely changed along with wide receiver in the next two years. Quarterback. You don't have faith in your quarterback. You don't have faith in your wide receivers. So then in the biggest moment of the game, why are you putting it in their hands? Why? Doesn't happen. It shouldn't happen. That is not the right play call. He could have lost the game. That's the part, that's the part that I can't get over. I was honestly, if that play call doesn't happen and the Lions win the game, this is a completely different tone. That play call was terrible. That is, that is borderline. And it's crazy because this, the play call I'm about to say is the Super Bowl. And all of you know what I'm about to say. It's the Pete Carroll. It's the, it's the pass play on the goal line. Instead of giving the ball to beast mode. You know, you all, you already knew what I was going to say. It's that equivalent. It was that bad. It was that inexcusable. I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about. And even I know, even I know that you cannot call that play. That cannot be the play call that you draw up in the biggest moment of the game on fourth and inches. Run it to Jamal Williams. That's why you brought him here and Swift's injured and he's Four yards of carry, Mr. Reliable, Jamal Williams. I love Jamal Williams. I'm not saying he's Adrian Peterson in his prime. I'm not saying he's Ladanian Tomlinson in his prime. 
I love Jamal Williams. I love the toughness. I love the four yards per carry. I love the character. I love the long hair. I love the, you know, the character that he brings to the social media account that actually makes watching football interesting. I like it. Love Jamal Williams. But in fourth and inches, heavy set package. The D line isn't at full strength. Minnesota's starting two linebackers that aren't their starting linebackers. Run the ball. Don't throw it. No play action. None of it. Why would you call it? But he doesn't even get the ball. And notice on that play, who was fooled? Who on the defense was fooled? It's 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 one thing if the play works and it's a bad throw and the right receiver drops it. No one was fooled. Nobody. And that's it. It doesn't make sense. You thought you were going to fool everybody. And in the end, you fooled nobody. And you lost the game for all intents and purposes up until that comeback. Up until that drive that Goff led, Dan Campbell lost the game for his team. It wasn't a player making a mistake. It wasn't a drop pass. It wasn't a penalty. It wasn't TJ Hawkinson holding and knocking the team out of field goal range. It wasn't any of it. It was a head coach making the wrong decision. How long until he does it in a game that matters? Seriously. How long until we play in a meaningful game? How long until we play in a game that could determine things? How long and how long until any of it? How long until that play call matters? And when that play call matters, what faith do I have? What's the what's the chances that it works? What's the confidence level? It's it's it this being a coach is more than motivating a team. It's leading a team to victory. It's winning games. And Dan Campbell hasn't done that. I'm a call for his job. Don't want him fired. I don't want any of it. I I, I want to see what he does when the team the team's ready. The team's ready to win. I want to see if anything changes. I want to see how it changes next week. Now that he's already had a win, right? I want to see how I want to see how the philosophy changes, right? But that that play call, it's irresponsible. It's 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 ill advised. Can't happen. He lost the game as a coach. You can't lose game for your teams. He got lucky. It's a fluke. Lions luck finally turned around for one game, and I'm glad it did because eventually it's going to have to happen. After, after a kicker, after a series of events where there's eight, where the play clock is at zero for 25 seconds, there's no delay game, and then the kicker comes up, kicks a 66-yard field goal, bounces it up off the crossbar and through the uprights, and then you lose, something's got to turn. Some karma's got to shift. You got to, you know, you're going to win a game eventually, right? But, but that, oh man, can't happen. I'm glad. And, and also, I just like to say that golf delay of game, it obviously can't happen. Goff's got, Goff owns up to that, whatever. It shouldn't happen. Goff knows it. Hopefully it doesn't happen again, but there's been probably two stupid delays a game that Goff's taken in the last two games. But, but, you know, I, I just like to point out in, in a big moment, as soon, as soon as the television play clock hit zeros, the flags were out. It was delay a game. Where were the flags on the Lamar play? <laughs> Where were they? I mean, I had to be that guy. I had to be the guy who brings up the past. It sounds like, sound like, sound like what Michigan fans did with the second quarter call against Peyton Thorne where, or you know, scored a touchdown. It's like, oh, actually, uh, it wasn't a touchdown that Michigan fans dealt with that call. And it was like, oh, great. I get to hear about this the next three weeks. Well, you know, if that Jared Goff thing was delay game, why wasn't the, why was the Lamar Jackson thing delay game? <laughs> you know, why not, right? But yeah, I mean, you can't, as a coach, it's your job. Win the game. Do whatever it takes to win the game. And I don't know. 
last three games, it's been Dan Campbell doing whatever he can to lose the game. And so I'm not saying he's trying to lose. Right? That's not that's stupid. It's like an electrician. That's like telling an electrician that he's going out and with the sole purpose of cutting power instead of restoring it or breaking something electrical instead of repairing it, improving. It. That's not what he's trying to do. But every, I'll put it this way: every every crunch time, big moment play call that I've seen Dan Campbell make, it's been the opposite of it's achieved the opposite goal of winning. It's led to the opposite of winning. It's putting the team in the opposite position of winning. The opposite direction. The wrong way. It's been the wrong call at the biggest time and at the biggest moment. And it's not what I want out of my head coach. It's just not. So yeah, give him time. Let's figure it out. Really, let's figure it out. Is that Because I, I see potential. I see the way that these guys play. And it's cliche, right? Oh, they play so hard for their coach. Everyone should play hard for their coach. And I get it. But our guys, they weren't playing hard for their coach last year. Anyone with a brain saw it. Anyone with a pair of eyes saw it. Anyone with a pair of ears saw it. You didn't even need to see you could hear the tone of the commentators and uh, and Dan Miller on the, on the radio. Didn't matter. You knew you knew that those players were not playing for Matt Patricia. They weren't. They're playing for Dan Gamble. Now let's see what happens when he coaches the game right. Let's see what happens when he calls the game right. And if and if in two, if in a year, or if in a year and a half, there's there's a chance that that we're in a big game and a big moment, and we're trying to contend for a wild card, or we're trying to do this, or you know we're we're playing spoiler again, or whatever. Right when when there's a big moment. You know, in, in a year, and or in a year and a half, let's see if anything changes. Let's see if anything changes next week. Let's see if this, if anything changes with a fresh start next year. When when you're zero and zero, and you know what, this is a new season. Every game, every game matters. Coach, each week like it's a Super Bowl. Every week like it's Super Bowl when you're the Lions. It's got to be. That's how you're gonna win games because you're terrible, right? Next next week, next year, we start zero and zero. That's the biggest game. What's Dan Campbell gonna do in that moment? That's when the evaluations begin. Not going to call for his job. Don't want him fired. I don't. It's not my opinion. It, but but do things need to change? Yeah, they do. And and I'm going to be eager, looking for it. Look at that. Look at that time slot again. Another hour and a half. Flame. Look at that. But yeah, I mean, look, Dan Campbell. I mean, can't happen. Play call like that can't happen. You cannot consciously put your team in that position. You cannot do it. It's 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 bad. That is just bad football judgment. It's really bad football judgment, and it's happened three weeks in a row. And it's something that I'm really not willing to stand for. And I like like Dan Campbell. I think I think there's potential there. I really do. And part of it is just the reaching hope of a Lions fan to have something go right. But I see the potential. I see guys. I see how much they love their coach and how badly they want to win with him and for him. But something's got to change. There's got to be a change of philosophy with Dan Campbell. Maybe you get a new offensive coordinator. I mean, you basically fired Anthony Lynn for all intents and purposes at this point. But, you know, something's got to change. I hope it does. I really do. I mean, I think everyone hopes it does. You saw you saw America. America won when the Lions won that day. You saw it. You saw the reactions. National media, local media. America won on Sunday with the Lions winning. And, and I want more of it. I do. I think Dan Campbell can bring it. And, and you've seen how close they've come, even with the bad decisions. So imagine what they could look like with a good amount of talent and the right decisions. It's just a matter of, can he, does he have the capability of making those right decisions? So, and look, hopefully, hopefully it changes and, you know, it won't come this year because there's no talent. You know, the roster's bad. You know that. I've seen it. But hopefully, hopefully next year there, you see a little bit more change. Grab a little more talent from the draft, free agency, do whatever. 
Maybe we snag a couple more wins next season. Maybe we figure it out. Maybe we win some more games. Maybe we get in a spot where we can compete. I don't know. It, it's crazy to think about it like that. But, you know, Cincinnati turned it around pretty fast. All it took was one draft, a couple free agent signings, new head coach, new culture, ready to roll. So, look, I hope it works out. But uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I really am because it's been it's just been brain-numbing calls, mind-numbing. Stuff that doesn't make sense even to me. Even to my little cousin who's nine, eight, whatever they are. Both of them. It's like, what is that? Well, what do they even they know? It's like, why is it pass the ball? I mean, call and play action there? It doesn't make sense. It just can't. It cannot happen. And I, I, I it's, it's scary. I mean, seriously, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, oh boy, this is not, this is not good. This guy is either confused or I, I don't know. There's just something there that doesn't make sense. And it's gotta, it's gotta get fixed. And hopefully it will. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the hope. That's the raging hope of a Lions fan. That's what, that's what we've done for 70 years and every, every person listening that fought in the Korean War and the Vietnam War and then in Desert Storm was looking at me like, oh yeah, Lions fans been hoping since the 50s. Won't change, bud. It's like, yeah, you're probably right, but you know what? All I can do, all I can do is say what I think and think what I say. And I sound like Dr. Seuss. And you know what? Whatever. This has been an hour and 35 minutes of taking plunges and diving in. And dear God, Cincinnati lose by 50, would ya? I hate Cincinnati. It's like when Randy in a Christmas story, meatloaf, beatloaf, triple meatloaf. I hate meatloaf. I hate Cincinnati. Lose! That's it. That's all. Let's lose. Oh, Cincinnati loses. Kenneth Walker should be in New York. The Lions won, but our head coach is confused. It's all crazy. It's all mayhem, but it's Christmas. It's football. That's what it's all about. Next week. Next week, we'll see. You know, got some some Christmas stuff next week. I don't know. I'll be back home in Michigan. Be done with finals. Be done with all of it. Done with the gauntlet. Done with done with the the death trap of finals week, as the college students know. And you know what? Let's see. Let's see what happens. But but for now, I mean, the Lions are bad. Our head coach is is crazy. Uh, Cincinnati's in the playoff, and I hate them. And Kenneth Walker should be in New York. And that's about it. That's about all we got. That's about all we got. That's about all I got on a, on a football Thursday night with Viking Steelers. Big Viking Steelers game that everyone cares about, that everyone's going to be locked into. And if I had a Steeler jersey, I'd rip my eyes out and I'd wear it so I didn't have to see myself wearing those stupid uniforms of a team that I hate. But you know what? Whoever wins, wins. And, and that's it. That's all I got. Go Green. Go Lions. Go Bama. I hate Cincinnati. I hope they lose. They don't deserve to be there. And I hope the whole country finds out why they shouldn't be there. Why no group of five should ever be considered again until there's a playoff playoff expansion, regardless of what you think about a playoff expansion. That's all. Woohoo!